Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. This is the fourth Advent, uh, of fourth Sunday of Advent this Christmas. Uh, we continue on our journey, and this morning we're looking at the Song of Mary, and in particular the story of Mary with Christmas hope. And this comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 55. The Song of Mary, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maiden servant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. The word of God for us this morning. As I mentioned today, we're looking at the story of Mary, Christmas hope. Do you remember being 15 year old, 15 years old? Do you remember what you were doing? It's kind of an awkward age, isn't it? You're no longer a child, but you're not an adult. Hormones are doing all sorts of weird things to your body. Peer pressure is strong at that point in time. You're testing the waters of life. Wanting to be independent. Most scholars tell us that that was about the age of Mary when the angel came and visited her and told her she was pregnant. She was probably between 13 and 16. Some say maybe a little bit younger. Some say a little bit older. But if you were that age and you received news like that, how would you respond? Well, let's look at and see how Mary did. We're going to look at three characteristics of Mary in particular. First, Mary's Hosanna, her song of praise and adoration. Mary's response is a song of praise to God. It was a verbal offering from her heart through her words to a holy God. Looking at these verses again, notice where the focus lies. It's not on Mary, but it's on God. The focus of the virgin birth is not on Mary, but on the power of God. If we were to take out a magnifying glass and examine these verses, we would see nothing less than a song of praise to God. We would see adoration. We would see exaltation and pure praise to the Father. This is truly a song of worship. This is truly a song of praise. Praise is a verbal offering to God from your heart. I read somewhere that if the only thing God has done in our lives is to save us, we should praise God from the rising of the sun through the darkness of the night. But you know what? He has done so much more for us than just that. 
He has given you the sense of taste so that you can enjoy your favorite food. Praise God. He has given you the sense of smell so you can enjoy flowers or breaking uh, bread baking in the oven. Praise God. He has given you the sense of humor so you can enjoy laughter. Praise God. On one occasion, an, an orchestra presented Handel's Messiah so beautifully that the applause was thunderous and everyone turned toward the composer. Handel stood up and with his finger pointing upwards, silently indicated that the glory should be given to God rather than to himself. That is exactly what Mary did. It is as if she were saying, don't praise me, but magnify the Lord who is my Savior. That's Mary's Hosanna, Mary's song of praise and adoration. But let's also look at Mary's humility. See, there's three key elements to it. First, she realizes that she's not in charge. And we need to do that too. We need to realize that you're not in charge. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his statue? We're not in charge. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Has anyone, by fussing in front of a mirror, even gotten taller by such, so much as an inch? That's from the message. There are some things you can change, and there are some things you can't change. What you can't change, you put into God's hands. So you realize you're not in charge. Second, you accept your position as a servant. Do you want to stand out? Then step down and be a servant. Matthew 23, verse 11. You realize you're not in charge. You accept your position as a servant, and you submit yourself to God. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. James chapter 4. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Mary knew that she would now live her whole life under a cloud of suspicion from her family and neighbors. Embedded in her decision to be fully submission to God's call was the willingness to suffer possible ridicule, loneliness, and contempt. God chose her, and she submitted to his will. Mary accepted God's will. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. There is no evidence of Mary thinking that she was any different than anyone else. In fact, she speaks of being a servant of the Lord and how she lived in a lowly state. She realized that among all women, she was fortunate to be the one to bear the Christ child. It is taught throughout the scripture that God is no respecter of persons. Do you think that at the judgment seat of Christ he will give rich people the place of honor when it is taught in James that it is wrong to be a respecter of people because of their wealth? Do you think he will allow kings and presidents to stand before him without bended knee? I mean, when the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Christ as Lord. No, absolutely not. God is not a respecter of people. He looks on the humble and the meek and he smiles with pleasure. In Mary, he found a humble vessel. 
that he could use for his glory. It is wonderful that God can take a nobody and make a somebody out of them. God is not looking for rank, wealth, or power. He is looking for people who have a humble heart. He is looking for one who displays true humility, just like Mary. So we saw Mary's Hosanna, her song of praise and adoration. We saw Mary's humility. Now let's look at Mary's hope. Mary put her hope in the promises of God. She undoubtedly knew scripture. She had heard the stories passed down through the family about a God who had promised a Savior, a Messiah. She knew that God was faithful. Notice what she said in verse 55. He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Mary knew the promise that had been passed down from generation to generation, that one would be born of the seed of Abraham who would save people from their sins. She realized that she had been chosen of all the women who had ever lived to be the mother of that child. The first coming of Christ brought hope to the world, but so will his second coming. Jesus has promised that one day he will return. One day Jesus will come and take his bride, the church, to be his wife, to live with him forever and ever. The Prince of Peace will come riding on a white horse to rescue his beloved, his bride, the church. Sounds like a fairy tale, yet it's absolutely true. Christ will come to take his beauty home. That is you and I if we are in Christ. If we know him in a personal way, he is coming back for us. If you have a personal relationship with him, you too can have hope for eternal future. Because he loves you. If you don't know him, you can change that right here, right now. Here's what you do. First, admit that God has not had first place in your life and that you have sinned. 1 John 1 9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from every wrong. Second, we believe that Jesus died for your sins. Romans 10, 9. If you confess that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Third, accept God's free gift of salvation. For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And finally, invite Jesus to come into your life and take control. John chapter 1, 12 and 13. To all who receive him, he gives the right to become children of God. All we need to do is to trust him to save us. All those who believe this are reborn, not a physical rebirth, but from the will of God. Christ has come to give you hope. Let us remember that this Christmas. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. Help us to be willing to share that hope of Christ with others. We thank you for sending so many faithful servants, like Mary, to carry out your will. We ask that you strengthen us this week to also realize that we 
are part of your plan. Use us for your honor and glory. Amen.